morning. Welcome to Emmett Audio. I've talked in the past about the importance of getting rid of your worst customer. But there's one thing that I haven't talked about, which is about evaluating and getting rid of your worst product that you offer. Hold on. Sorry about that. The town highway crew had just pulled up. They're patching the road today, so I was just walking by where they'd parked one of their vehicles, had to have a conversation. Anyway, yeah, getting rid of your worst product. So when you start down a certain path of well, trying to work for yourself, selling things, you don't really know what's going to stick. So you're trying lots of stuff and you don't really know what's going to be profitable or not. And I've always, as I've talked about in the past, been bad about anticipating what is going to be profitable and what's not. But at a certain point, your time is going to be full. And it's going to be full with a mix of things, some of which are more profitable than others. And at that point, when your time is full with stuff that you're getting paid for, and you have the potential to actually look at it and figure out, okay, what is working and what isn't, the next step is to get rid of the stuff that is least profitable. I've talked about this with customers and the same holds true. If you have a business where you're not necessarily selling different things, but you're selling to different customers where you have relatively few customers, same principle applies. You take as many customers as you can until your time is full and then you start culling the worst customers. I've had to do both of these things for my Christmas tree farm. And I think I'll talk about examples there mostly because that's had the most time to mature. So here's the thing. When you go to get rid of a customer or a product, you have this fear that doing so will lose you money because you're saying no. And you've been so used to saying yes to everything that came along and to count the money that comes in as always a good thing, a positive thing. And yet, really what you're selling is your time. At the end of the day, even if you do something that is not tied specifically to your time, you're still limited by the time you have in any given day to affect change in your life. And so allowing there to be a focus on things that don't bring as much value in whatever way you define that to your life as they could is actually taking value away from you. Now, and the confusing thing is that it doesn't at the beginning because you're starting from zero. And until your time is full, then this equation doesn't matter. Now, the other confusing thing is that 
if, like most people, you start off still holding on to a job where somebody else is paying you, you look at your time and you part of what you think is, you know, well, I can, I'm not getting paid as much to do my own thing as I am to do something else. You have that golden handcuffs problem. And so it's important if your goal is in the end to work for yourself, to not apply that logic entirely to the thing that you do compared to the thing, the other job that you have. You only apply it between things that you do to help you get the thing that you do up to a level where it does make you more than the job that you have. And then how long that takes will depend on all the specifics. But the point is, you can't apply this analysis between the thing you want to do and the job you currently have, because that will just hold you back from getting to that place where you're earning more doing what you want to do. But you get to a place, oh, I'm going up the big hill now. You get to a place where your you get to a place where you're able to see differences in the profitability of different things that you offer. And that's the point at which you need to say no to the people who ask you for it. Now the thing is, it might be enough to simply stop offering it, but chances are that part of what makes it unprofitable is that you're not asking enough for it. And sometimes you can simply raise your price and that takes care of it, right? Fewer people will want it, but when they do, they'll be at a price that's commensurate. And you might decide that you don't want to make it at all because to continue to maintain the materials, say, or the expertise, or the, the tools you need to do a certain thing, might not be worth whatever small amount of money the occasional job doing it brings in, even at the higher rate of pay. But it also just might be that people come to rely on you for a thing and you actually need to say, I no longer offer this. That's what happened to me with roping or garland at the Christmas tree farm. I actually had a bunch of people who wanted to buy roping from me. Swag, you know, so they could twi uh, twine around lamp posts and drape around porches, that sort of thing. I even had the local historic Deerfield like this historic town nearby that's like half museum they ordered thousands of feet from me and the year I did it I looked at how much I made doing it and how much I could have made doing any of the other things that I did and it became clear that I could never do it again but there was just no way I could raise my prices high enough to do it and it was harder on my body than the things that brought in more money so when your time is limited, you get paid more by looking at 
what earns you more per, per hour and doing that. And maybe what is sustainable for you to do as a secondary consideration. Similarly, at the Christmas tree farm this last year, I finally fired my least favorite customer. They're worth a couple thousand dollars to me, but they were down at the bottom in terms of how aggravating it was to deal with them. And I hesitated for years to fire them because I thought I'd be giving up that amount of money. And then finally I realized, no, I wouldn't because I have enough demand that my time is maxed out. I'm saying no to people. So sure, they buy a lot of it, they buy a couple days of my time, but I can fill that with work for other customers that I don't hate. And it might even be work at a higher price point. I could fire these guys and actually come out ahead. And even if I don't come out totally ahead, I won't be as, it won't be as bad as losing all that income. You'll be losing two, a third, a quarter of the income. I can still make back two thirds, three quarters of the income from many different ways. Holy cow, this hill is steep. And so that's what I did. And ironically, they claimed to not get my email firing them this last year. So I agreed to work with them again. And then I fired them this year. And they definitely got the memo. So we're gonna find out this coming year if I'm right. But I would say that it actually has the potential to earn me more money. And certainly if you have a customer that's really aggravating, uh, then the, the potential savings are even greater because you're wasting more and more of your time dealing with that customer. Oh yeah. So try it. I think a big thing I see in the spoon carving scene is because people are interested in all of the things, they try selling all of the things. And they worry that if they stop making and selling all the things that they're gonna fall out of love with it, it's gonna become a job. Well, yeah, but if you're trying to make it a job, there are ways of making it a job where you retain the part that you love, which for me is, getting to work the way I want to work without power tools, getting to work for myself, getting to be in charge of what I offer. But that doesn't mean that I don't follow the money. By following the money, following the money is how I've been able to turn it into a business that actually pays me a real salary, a real amount of money where life is pretty easy and I'm not living hand to mouth. That came from following the money. And what I see with a lot of people is a, a determination to continue, a determination to continue making all of the things without an analysis of what's making me money and what isn't, and a willingness to jettison the things that aren't making you as much money. There's so much efficiency to be gained within your business because 
every time you generate new business, every time you generate new business, you end up having to incur a whole bunch of costs that go with that business. You have a new customer, okay. You have to spend time communicating with that customer. That's a cost, that's a real cost that comes with the money in. And so it's not as simple as just saying, we'll generate more business and we'll outgrow the inefficiencies. Sometimes that's true, but sometimes it's not. And if you have any inefficiencies, that's money just waiting for you to, to earn it or to discover it within your business. And one big way that you can do that is by being more selective about what you offer and to offer fewer things to your customers, not more. Thanks for listening. Whew. Talk tomorrow.